if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We get started now at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 26th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. We are guest free today. Got a late notice that Congressman Jim Jordan has had a little bit of a flight issue getting back from Florida. He will be back with us on the air on Wednesday which means we are wide open for your phone calls today. I will tell you how to call us, and I will tell you what are some of the things we can talk about after we begin our day, as always, with the Pledge of Allegiance. So, patriots, stand up, please, unless you're driving. Put your hand on your hearts. Liberals, go ahead and try to take a knee. And we're not able to hear our Pledge of Allegiance for one reason or another. I don't know what that reason is, but I will attempt to rectify that momentarily. Let's try this one more time. Okay, get back down on our knee, leftists. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, that mute button can be a stickler sometimes. (laughs) That's why you couldn't hear it. Uh, At any rate, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I wish that I could mute um, celebrities. I do. I wish I had a mute button that would just shut these people up. Unfortunately, I have no such thing. Last night, uh, I'm told this morning, and I mean this very literally, I'm like you. A lot, you know, to be truthful. During the Obama presidency, there were periods where I, you know, he would give, for example, a State of the Union address, and I would have to listen to it, and I even sometimes live tweeted it, you know, with commentary on everything that he said, and I would come on the radio the next morning and say, "I listened to Barack Obama, so you don't have to," right? And uh, I've I've done that to an extent, except for the fact that Joe Biden doesn't do press conferences or give uh, uh, speeches to to joint sessions of Congress at least yet he's supposed to finally do this on wednesday and you know i'll i'll do something similar same thing with award shows i watch this garbage so that i can report on it for you so you don't have to watch it but i have to admit at least when it comes to the celebrities i have abandoned that uh, that principle where i will do the dirty work so you don't have to sorry if you want to know what they did watch it yourself i can't take it anymore 
So I watched not a second of the Academy Awards last night. And I'll be honest with you. I take no small measure of pride in admitting that I didn't even know the Academy Awards were last night until yesterday around 4 o'clock, 4.30 I guess it was, when my father-in-law came over to visit for our regular Sunday dinner uh, together. We always have a Sunday meal with uh, with uh, Grandpa coming over, and, uh, and, and he asked my wife, you know, are you going to watch the red carpet and the Oscars? And I was, whoa, what's that? That's tonight? I have been so insulated and so cut off from the world of entertainment, <clears throat> um, including you know movies. Well, of course, movies, it's a little different because there's no movie theaters open, or at least there are very, very few movie theaters open. And so many movies now are coming straight to streaming and you know those kinds of services. But I have been so cut off from this stuff because they have just <clears throat> driven me to such a high level of stress and aggravation that I, I literally did not know that yesterday was the Academy Awards. Used to be I would know when it's coming, and I would say something disparaging about it because I just have no interest in these far leftists, uh, you know, going on there and, and getting political, trashing Donald Trump, which is what it almost always was, trashing Donald Trump supporters, trashing uh, conservatives, trashing pro-lifers, trashing, you know, those of people of faith, virtually all the things that conservatism stands for. As far left, woke Hollywood just has done. But this time, it's it's gotten so bad, I literally did not know that yesterday was the Academy Awards. So I didn't watch a second of it, uh, but I did take a look at this morning and see what the news stories were about it. And sure enough. And by the way, before I get into <clears throat> what they said last night, uh, and thanks to somebody else for doing what I used to do, which is watch the disgusting displays so other people don't have to. Thanks for watching it so I didn't have to, so that I could just find out about their stories. But I was also, and I just kind of want to find out if there's other people like me um, in this regard. Hopefully not too many people like me in general. Um, we were flipping around the channels. It was, uh, was it Saturday? No, Saturday night we were out at, at Guarino's in Little Italy, my favorite Italian restaurant. Um, I can't remember. It was at some point over the weekend. I was flipping through the channel and lo- channels and looking through the guide, the direct TV guide, and I could not find anything. And my wife was sitting there as well. And I, and I'm flipping past. Yeah, there was Major League Baseball on, there was NBA basketball on, there were classic NBA games, there were all kinds of you know things on the NFL channel, or NFL Network, rather. And I said to my wife, I said, it is amazing to me and incredible to me how little there is to watch on television now that I've stopped watching sports. And I said that almost unaware of myself. Because I didn't really realize that I had stopped watching sports. But by and large, I have, with the exception of some of the college games. And I'll continue to watch college football for at least the next four years as my son goes into it uh, this fall. Actually, this June, he reports. But I, I, I it dawned on me at that point, I'm flipping past all of the things that I automatically would have stopped on previously. I would have stopped on baseball, watched the Indians or another game, or I would have stopped on basketball. I don't watch Major League Baseball anymore. I will not watch Major League Baseball anymore. After what they did to the state of Georgia, after what they did penalizing 
the people and the government leaders of a state that want to ensure election integrity and make sure people have wider, broader access to voting, but lesser opportunities to commit voter fraud? What they did, while simultaneously signing new long-term deals, establishing, rather, and uh, cementing and strengthening their relationship with communist China, a nation that continues to oppress their people, to keep the people of Hong Kong under their thumb, not uh, denying them uh, democracy and freedom. I I won't watch baseball. I just won't. If there's a no-hitter, a perfect game, or somebody hitting for the cycle, or, or, or hitting four home runs in a game, I'm not watching. And that's a bizarre thing for me. That's a bizarre thing for me because I started my my radio career 24 years ago in sports radio. And I did it and was doing sports radio kind of, you know, combined with news and conservative talk radio for many, many years, up until probably about 2014, about seven years ago. Sports and sports radio are my life. I knew inside and out every statistic, every uh, you know trade, every you know performance, every game I would analyze. And now I can't watch it. I won't watch it. Same thing with the NBA. I will not watch the woke NBA for a billion reasons, not the least of which is LeBron James. He's a huge part of it, especially with his most recent disgusting, despicable, reprehensible actions going on Twitter and essentially threatening a police officer's life, telling him you're next after he saved two black girls from being stabbed to death. I will not watch the NBA and the NFL. I told you we've covered this to to some extent. I, I didn't watch this entire past season until I did hear tell of the Browns making the playoffs for the first time in eons. And uh, I did. I turned on the Browns game in the playoffs. I turned on when they beat the Steelers. I turned on, and then I watched uh, their their loss uh, to the Chiefs, and then I, then I watched the Super Bowl. So I got hooked at the end. But the NFL is doubling down on their wokeness now, and so now I'm back to I'm not watching. And i got to tell you, entertainment takes up a large part of your life. I won't watch the, 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 the award shows. I'll still watch movies, even if they have far-left actors in it, because what I will do from time to time is you know, I'm, able to, I'm able to remove the reality of who they are because of the character they are playing. And I'm watching a character, and I'm involved with the character, not the actor. A little different in sports, because LeBron James playing is LeBron James, the same guy who's li- li- liable to grab the microphone at the end of the game and, and tell police to go blank themselves. A little different with sports, but I don't watch sports professionally, um, and I will not watch these kind of award shows. It's really an amazing thing when you cut yourself off from the entertainment world because of their political outspokenness. Somebody once said, Laura Ingram, by the way, wrote a book about it. She wrote a book about it. She wrote two books, actually. The first one was called um, Shut Up and Sing, and this was kind of geared toward the political activists on stage at concerts. You know, Neil Young and other, you know, drug-addled hipster, you know, uh, liberals who go on stage and instead of singing their songs, you know, preach and and try to uh, convert people politically to their progressive Marxist ideals. And Laura Ingram wrote a book called uh, Shut Up and Sing. 
and which is great, by the way. We didn't pay to hear your opinion on these things. She then followed that up with, uh, not a book, I don't think, but it was an op-ed, and then she put it in, uh, put it on the uh, uh, on her program, her Fox program. It was aimed at people like LeBron James, and she just modified it to shut up and dribble. We don't pay you to hear your thoughts on all things geopolitical or even societal. We pay you to dribble, shoot, score, block, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, she took heat for that. How dare you try to silence and censor and suppress minority viewpoints and blah, blah, blah. She was called a racist, shut up and dribble. But I'm going to double down on all of the above now. And there's a popular meme that's flying around social media right now, actually, especially after uh, LeBron James uh, made the comment on Twitter about the police officer down in Columbus and how he should just, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, that uh, he's next, you're next. Um, and the meme is, is, is pretty good. And it's something to the effect of, when I go to the circus to see the clown juggle, that's all I want to see. I don't want to hear his opinion on societal ills or ideological uh, perspectives in politics. Just juggle, clown. Juggle. And that's how I feel right now. LeBron James, just juggle, clown. That's what you're paid to do. Just juggle and entertain me. And, I, and I'm not even going to watch you now because of what you've done. I'm not going to watch you entertain me now, but that's what I want all the other clowns to realize. You are not on a broad scale. And, and some people may say, well, where do you get off? You give your opinions, political opinions, every day. I host a political talk show. It's advertised as such. I study in great depth and great detail the issues about which I speak, historically and present day. And people tune in to expect to hear me do that. Now, if they turned on my political talk show and heard me doing an X-rated comedy routine or heard me doing, you know, play-by-play of a basketball game, that would be really unfair. They would be saying, why are you telling us about this stuff? Just talk news. That's what we tuned in for. Well, there you go, LeBron. There you go, uh, Adam Silver, if the NBA, Roger Goodell of Major League Baseball, Ro- um, excuse me, of the NFL, Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball, these are the commissioners. Tell the clowns in your sports to just keep juggling. Nobody tuned in to listen to them try to opine upon things that they are completely ignorant of. And that's the way I want to start this show today. All right, it's 921. I'll take a quick time out. I do want to hear from you at, and do you watch any, do you watch sports anymore? I talked to Kirsten now about this, and I kind of joke with him, because he's a huge sports fan, as am I. But I'm done. I'm over it, with the exception of the college kids. And even that is getting tougher as well, for various reasons. But I'm interested in your thoughts. 216-901-0945, We'll take a time out and come right back. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926, so I started this thing by kind of wanting to tell you what some of the disgusting trash that spewed forth from the sewer sewer holes of the uh, uh, celebrities in Hollywood last night in the Oscars thing. 
Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much what it was. It was it was just filth. It was sewage, uh, and they proceeded to assault verbally police officers. Police officers who simply do their jobs. The worst part of that, in fact, I'll tell you what, let me take a call here, and I'll give you, because I've got a little depth on this, and I don't have enough time before the bottom of the hour to do it. I'll give you the depth on this, and I'll let you know exactly what was said, and we'll respond to it uh, on the other side of the news. Let me get Tom in, uh, in Independence. No sense in making Tom wait till the uh, bottom of the hour here. Hey, Tom, go ahead. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Bob, I have a similar story. I was just listening to the Do It show this morning, just about a half an hour ago, right. and he interviewed Terry Pluto. And long and short, they were talking about the Browns and the upcoming draft and all that. And they were talking about the great reporters in Cleveland. And there was names mentioned. And I don't know. I know the names, but I can't recite them now. But he specifically called out one of the reporters. And he mentioned the guy's name. And then he referred to him as a great reporter. And even that he's a, and that he was a black man. And that he liked him a lot. I am so disturbed by that, I felt I needed to call and let people know about this, that he called him out as a black man. I did not hear that. Um, mm-hmm. I believe you. I I, 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 list, I was listening to Hugh and Terry Pluto as I do, not Terry part, but Hugh, as I do almost every morning as I prep my show and get ready to go on the air myself. That I must have been listening to an audio clip of my own when he said that because I did not hear that. So you're saying that Hugh gave praise to another reporter and identified that reporter as a black man. No, no, no. Um, excuse me. Maybe I stated that wrong. It was Pluto that said that. Oh, Terry did. Pluto said, yeah. Which and, really, and I he mean, felt that, and you're, so you're saying basically it was disturbing that he felt the need to identify the reporter as a black man, not just a reporter. Exactly. It's okay. like, what difference does it make what color, race, or anything he is? But see, now people are so programmed now to identify people by race and, and, and gender and all this other stuff. That shouldn't even matter. What about the other three that were great reporters? They didn't identify them other than their names, and that's all right. that should be noted. Right. Well, you know, I mean, what you just described is a perfect example of what we have become. Right now, the greatest fear... For anybody who is a public figure who is white is to be called a racist. And what better way to to make sure that you are not called a racist is to go out of your way to praise other people and virtue signal and say, that guy's a black guy and I respect his work and I like him a lot. Hopefully that'll kind of ward off the, you know, the, the demons who are going to come for me and call me a racist if I don't. It's called anti-racism. Uh, in, in which you're not just supposed to be silent and not disparage a person of another race, but to promote the person of the other race while at the same time disparaging your own race if you're white. That's anti-racism, and it is creeping its way not only into our schools, not only into our politics, but yes, into our into our sports and into our world of, of entertainment as well. And I think that's probably, it was probably unconscious or subconscious, rather, for Terry Pluto to say, I really like this guy. He's a black man, and he's a good writer. You know, as if to say, see, see how much I like black people? Look at my virtue. Look at my virtue. Don't ever come for me and call me a racist. I'm on the record as saying I like black reporters. That's the sad, pathetic depth that we have fallen to. I agree. I I just had to tell you about that, so I appreciate that. You do a great yes, job sir. on the show every day. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. I didn't hear that, like I said, uh, actually live in the, in Hugh and Terry's conversation, which is why I said, so you're saying Hugh. I would say the same thing if Hugh had said that, no matter who it, who it is. But it's a reality. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The thought has crossed my mind consciously. If I'm giving a report on something or 
telling a story or reading an article from somebody that I find particularly poignant or an excerpt of an article, uh, there have been times when I've been like, I, what I've wanted to say, I'm, you know, I'm quoting Blankert here, who is a black man or who is a white or who is a, a black woman, a black female or whatever the case might be, where I would not have cared to identify the individual were they white. Now, for me, though, it's, it's not so much virtue signaling as it is because whatever this person is saying, it probably carries more weight if it is coming from a black person. For example, when Peter Kersenow says something about critical race theory, it carries more weight than if Bob France says something about critical race theory because Peter Kersenow, as a black man, is supposed to be able to speak to these things that I, as a white man, cannot. So sometimes you have to identify them for that purpose. Um, but it's an insane world. It's an insane world in which public figures live, and they feel the need to virtue signal like that. Thanks for the call. We'll take a quick time out and come back to the Oscars after this. Okay, 937 now, AM 1420, The Answer. This is how repugnant it was last night. Again, I did not watch a second of it, and I would love to hear your thoughts, too. Do you watch award shows? Do you watch sports anymore? Do you watch the MLB, NFL, or NBA? Or have you decided principle is more important than your entertainment? Because that's what uh, many of us have, have done. Somebody named Trayvon Free. Uh, won an Oscar last night for something or another, and I don't care what it was. I don't know who he is. I don't care who he is. What I do care is that he was given the platform, the stage, uh, on national television to stand up there and lie about race in America and about police in America. That's what I care about. So without telling you what he won an Oscar for, because I don't care, let me just tell you what he said. He took to the stage, did this guy named Trayvon Free. He might have been a janitor at a, in, in the movies, for all I know, and said the following. Today, the police will kill three people, and tomorrow, the police will kill three people. And they say after that, the police, I'm sorry, I think this is supposed to say, and the day after that, the police will kill three people. Because on average, the police in America kill three people, which amounts to about a 1,000 people a year. The filmmaker continued, those people happen to be disproportionately black people. He then offered a quote, a James Baldwin quote, which said, the most despicable thing a person can be is indifferent to other people's pain. I just ask that you please don't be indifferent to our pain. That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. Before destroying every single element of that freaking pack of lies. First of all, do you know how many people were killed, how many African Americans were killed in the United States last year? Less than 20. Where does he get a 1,000 people a year and they're disproportionately black people? That's number one. Number two, do you know that far, far, far more white people are shot by police based on interactions with police during violent crime responses than black people are? Let me say that again. First of all, just the overall numbers. There are twice as many uh, white people shot every year by police officers than black people. And you say, well, that doesn't mean much because whites are 74% of the population, blacks are 13% of the population, so clearly it's still disproportionate. Not when you consider when police come into contact with whites and blacks. Typically, uses of force in white and black, and all uh, uh, interactions with police happen during the commission of crimes during radio calls 
or during uh, situations that patrol cars see. And the bottom line is that 13% of America, which is the black population, and technically, if you want to reduce it more specifically, roughly 6%, which is the African-American portion of the, or excuse me, the male portion of the African-American population, commit over 50% of the murders and over 50% of the violent robberies. You understand that? So which race is going to encounter police most often? The answer is the African-American community because of those crime statistics, which simply cannot be ignored, as painful and as uncomfortable as it is to say. When you consider the number of times white people interact with cops as a result of uh, violent crimes taking place, and the number of times black people interact with cops as a result of violent crimes uh, taking place, police officers are far more likely to shoot the white suspect than they are when the suspect is black. These studies have been confirmed, corroborated, verified, repeated, peer-reviewed, up and down the line, including by African-American researchers, and they have all found the same thing. So what Trayvon Free said yesterday is just quite simply a lie. The second part, the most despicable thing a person can be is indifferent to other people's pain. I disagree. The most despicable thing a person can be is to be a liar about other people's pain. And the stories that are being told here are intended to cause people pain, intended to cause white people pain, intended to cause them reason to feel shame, which is what critical race theory is all about. They want white people to feel shame for being white. It's literally in the the curriculum. White people have to feel terrible because they have inherent racism in their DNA, they're privileged, they're supremacist, and they advance systemic racism. That's what critical race theory teaches. So this is not about black pain. The reality is more white people are killed in violent interactions with police per capita than are black people. That's number one. And you don't know any of their names, none of their names, because they're not news. And number two, the reality is that the pain is felt by the white community that is told you are evil because you are perpetuating a system of, uh, of racism. Peter Kersenow was on Fox and Friends weekend on uh, Saturday morning. He had a short interview, a short conversation uh, that I would like you to hear. Peter Kersenow is an attorney and a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, and he joins us now. Welcome. Good morning, Rachel. Tell me. So tell me what parents, well, before we do that, tell me why critical race theory, for those parents who are listening right now who aren't sure what is being introduced right now, and it is getting, picking up steam all over the country and getting introduced under many euphemisms, not just critical race theory, they're calling it ethnic studies and all these other things. Why should parents be so concerned about this? They should be concerned because it's uh, a pack of lies, basically. It's ahistorical, it's racist in and of itself, intrinsically racist, and it's when you listen to it, it's you know, fundamentally insane and dumb, but nonetheless, it's very pernicious, it's metastasizing throughout the country. So many school districts now have adopted it, and it posits that the founding of America was based on slavery and racism, and therefore all 
all the systems and institutions of America are intrinsically racist also and must be uprooted and, and removed and replaced mainly by kind of Gramscian or Marxist ideology. Um, this is actually being taught. When you look at the lessons plans, they're extraordinary. And when pa parents around the country find out about it, they're up in arms. The lesson plans instruct that whites are intrinsically racist. I've used that word a number of times now, but that's essentially it. That there are oppressor groups and non-oppressor groups, and whites are all the oppressor groups, and people of color are the, um, the subjugated groups. It has actually fomented racism throughout the country, throughout yeah. our school systems. A number of parent groups have risen up and formed organizations. There are a number of other organizations that are bringing challenges. In my state of, of Ohio, for example, we've, we're in the process of introducing legislation. A number of states have introduced legislation to prohibit the teaching of critical race theory. And uh, there have been lawsuits that have been uh, filed against it. Uh, folks like Christopher Rufo have formed organizations of lawyers to challenge these things. Uh, the Thomas More Society, for example, has been challenging these things. There are a number of organizations that are right. getting on board with the challenges because this is extremely important. Right. Yeah, and Peter, uh, Peter, you say that parents can submit um, responses and, and objections to this. I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention. We are absolutely teaching our children to hate each other and hate all right, so that's uh, just a short segment that Peter had on Fox and Friends <clears throat> on uh, Saturday morning. And the one part that Peter didn't get a chance to say there, of course, is all of these groups that are pushing back against this, filing lawsuits, trying to stop critical race theory from being taught in our schools, et cetera, et cetera. You know what they're called, right? They're called hate groups. They're called racist groups, racist organizations perpetuating uh, ongoing white supremacy. And therein lies the rub. How do we try to wipe out the notion that whites are racist when every time we say, hey, we're not racist, they, see that, they say that's proof of your racism? How do you, how do you win that? Let's get a matter. Bob, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Robert. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, I don't watch the Oscars either. I don't, in fact, I don't watch any award shows either because I Me don't need to be lectured to by idiots. But... Uh, I'd like to point out the hypocrisy of the Oscars, and I hope you'll bear with me. Sure. Now, I don't watch porn, because when I was in services, service, I made too many deals with God about not doing things <laughs> if I come out alive. So, uh, but uh, I want to know why they don't have awards for porn movies at the Oscars. I mean, these are the most open-minded people in the world. <laughs> At this academy, so why? And especially George Floyd, he he was a porn star. Uh, I don't understand why he didn't get an honorary Oscar. So I want to know why these people, so open-minded and always lecturing to everybody else about their narrow-mindedness, how come they don't have an Oscar for porn stars? Well, I'm going to tell you something here, my friend Bob and Mentor. Um, be very, very, very careful what you even jokingly wish for. I could see that happening inside of, you know, this decade. Uh, with, with everything that is being promoted on the left, with, with the, you know, the, the, the complete disregard for life, the disregard for family, the intention to destroy the, uh, you know, Western nuclear family, uh, with with all of the the value the end the, the complete attacks on Christianity and religious liberty in general, um, 
it would not surprise me at all to say, you know, this is just expression. This is a, a form of film. It's legal. Pornography movies are legal. Um, and it would not shock me at all if by the end of the decade they said, look, this is a part of our business. It's, it's, it's film. It's movies. It's motion pictures. It's whatever. Uh, and uh, these artists deserve to be recognized for their performances and their efforts and their successes as well. Because this is the, this is the track we're on. And I'm trying not to be too, too far gone here and too you know, hyperbolic here, but I mean this, Bob. Uh, when you say, why don't they honor this? They're only a few steps away. When they're putting well, drag queen they, story, yeah. uh, hey, when they're putting drag queen story hour into your children's libraries, when they're putting, uh, you know, books in the libraries, teaching young children as young as first and second grades how to be a transsexual, how to be a, uh, you know, the other the other gender if that's what you want to be. When they're doing these kind of things, can we really rule out that they'll say adult? Entertainment is a part of film, and this, these these films need to be recognized by the Oscars as well. Why, how how can we say no way? That's that'll never happen. Well, I, I don't think it would ever happen because it would be like jumping the shark, where it would just show people how, let's just say, um, um, lack of values, lack of morality. I think it would really demonstrate that completely. And I think it. I don't think so. I don't think so, Bob. I think the left would look at it and say this is long overdue. The left now, not talking about regular people like you and me, regular people. I'm talking about the left. The left would say, yes, this is this is this is a free expression. Why we're not ashamed of the human body? You you Bible thumpers say that God was you know we are made or or excuse me God made man in His image. You know God made these bodies. Why are we ashamed of them? Why are we covering them up? Why are we why are we ashamed of the most natural thing that that uh, any species can do, which is to uh, is to fornicate and to procreate, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, I'm making it up as I go here, Bob. But I'm not. That's how nuts these people are. I think they could. I think they would make arguments like this at some point or another. Well, I hope they do. I really hope they do because I think that'll that'll end it. I think that'll mm. completely. You know, it'll be it just be people. Just it would ma- bring people to their senses about really how crazy these people are. I mean, you know, and and I think that would do it. But anyway, great mm. show, Bob. Take Thank care. you, Bob. Appreciate the call. I don't know if I agree with Bob that it would end it. <laughs> He brought this up, but I'm just I'm just kind of running with it here. I think the left would defend it. All it would take is one or two leftist celebrities to come out there and make this argument, the ones that all of the leftists love. Maybe it'll be Cher, or maybe it'll be LeBron James, or somebody like that talking about the the wonderful, glorious uh, film, uh, filmmaking that is done in the adult entertainment field. You know, we've got every category. We've got. Excuse me. We've got animated films. We've got short anime. we got this. we got all these different categories. The one thing we've left out is adult entertainment. And, yes, we're going to recognize the experts or the, or the, uh, uh, the stars and the true uh, uh, artists within the adult entertainment industry. And I'm telling you, if the right number of liberals or the right individual liberals and leftists supported it, I don't think it would be over. I think people would say, yeah, it's about time. Good for you guys. They're nuts, man. What can I tell you? They're, they're, they are that far gone. I don't think there would be anything that would stop this, the momentum of this. Least of all, the nation of 75, 80 million Bible thumpers, as they call us, clinging to our guns and our religion. 
All right, 951, quick time out. Right back with more calls after this. Okay, 956. Let's get a couple of more phone calls here before the top of the hour. We'll go to Medina and Bruce. Bruce, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, Bob. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you very much for squeezing me in last Friday to announce McFan. We had a super uh, meeting. Uh, we had Linda Walker sitting in or a board member. It was really well attended. She covered a lot of national and state uh, issues. Also wanted to mention that uh, a group of us went down this last week, uh, last Wednesday, to testify about uh, House Bill 62. This is the bill that would make Ohio a sanctuary state against any illegal, uh, unconstitutional federal uh, overreach. And it was, it was well, uh, well attended. And uh, they asked if we'd come down again, and I will for, for specific bills. We also want to uh, emphasize uh, House Bill 99 coming up. That's the bill that would uh, allow uh, teachers, administrators, whatever, in schools to carry firearms. We want to keep that strong. So I urge everybody to contact their representatives and uh, push to uh, pass these things out of the House. I should be getting an update. What committee? On, what uh, committee? Just quickly, what is what committee is sixty two in right now? It it is in uh, committee with uh, Wiggum, John, and uh, ranking member, member Kelly. And I'll give a shout out to Wiggum and John and uh, uh, Grindell. They are super super people. Boy, we should have yeah. a house full like that. Yeah, that's, that, that is a very important bill uh, because it does. It protects the state of Ohio. A lot, number of states have already done this against an unconstitutional gun grab by the federal government, which, of course, has been indicated by Biden's executive order. So it's important to not only get this passed, to get it passed quickly to uh, essentially proclaim Ohio, as you say, as a Second Amendment sanctuary state where our state is uh, is does not have to recognize any federal orders given by Joe Biden. Uh, it's, done, yeah. it's been done in other states, and it's got to be done here and i'm glad you called to tell us about it thank you my friend i appreciate that uh let's go to uh middleburg heights next and andy you're on am 1420 the answer hi andy good morning bob thank you for all that you do you're the you're the voice of this area for sure and please don't ever back down don't back down because you got your you got your feet to dug in there stay there my my suggestion to this is all maxine waters and all the rest of these lebron james and all these senators representatives that want to uh, defund the police and everything. My suggestion, I'm 80 years old. I'm getting a little bit scared. I carry all the time, but I'm getting a little bit scared that the, the police are retiring. I think they ought to take all these people that are against the Second Amendment, all these people that are against the police, put a uniform on Maxine Waters, LeBron James, all these senators and representatives, put them out on the street with these cops every day. Put them out on the street for a month, and let's see if that doesn't change their attitude. That's just my opinion. Please let me know what you think about it. Maybe it will turn the thinking around. Well, yeah, your your opinion, and thank you for the call, Andy, is shared by a lot of people who say these guys need to go and these girls and, you know, these rabble-rousers and anti-cop uh, individuals, they need to go on ride-alongs, and literally, and, and not in safe communities, but in, in inner-city Los Angeles, in inner-city Cleveland, in inner-city Oakland, in inner-city Portland, they need to go on ride-alongs and see what these cops face on a regular basis. 
that is the I won't say it's the only way, but it's it's one way that they might actually uh, you know get an idea of what they're talking about. Speaking of people who do not know what they're talking about, I want to end this hour with this fifty-seven second clip. This is a police officer by the name of. Uh, do I have his name here? Hold on one second. I'll find it and back sell that for you after the news. But I want you to hear what this police officer did. He recorded a TikTok, which is popular with the younger crowd, right? 60-second or less videos that essentially are dancing or jokes or memes or whatever that go viral. This police officer um, recorded a 59-second TikTok uh, in which he is responding to a radio call. He's in the video. He is in his cruiser, and he is in full uniform, including bulletproof vest. This is a real cop, and this was the video that he did in response to LeBron James. Dispatch, I've arrived at that disturbance. We have LeBron call my cell phone right away, please. Thank you. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. No, can you put the knife down, please, sir? Sir, no, 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 sir, don't stab it. No, no, stop stabbing. Stop. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's LeBron. LeBron, hey, yeah, it's me again. Listen, I'm out here at this disturbance call, and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife. What do you think I should do? Why does that matter? Yeah, Okay, uh, well, they're both black. One guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. Deadly force is completely justified. Uh-huh. I see. So you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person, even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, LeBron. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. What? Nothing. I got to go. Sorry, guys. You're on your own. Good luck. Can you dig it? 